Looks like someone switched the big boy pants a little too soon. you got your coffee going because we're nowhere near the end of the week not even close <laughs> uh that's the voice of hillary berkey filling in for mo this week on the back row morning show coming up on today's show should you burn your nikes world record nutcracker and 10 more bizarre state facts but first it is september 18th we got quite a few holidays to celebrate don't we yeah we do this is one i don't believe in but anyway <laughs> International Read and Ebook Day. Right, that no. feels like no. That feels like it's something be created by Amazon. Amen. They're like, pick up a Kindle, read an ebook. I've never wanted to read an ebook. They, I've tried. I've been given ebooks for free that I find interesting, but I'm like, I just there's nothing to. There's no substance to reading it. Well, here's the digitally. thing. Here's here's my issue on it. Is I read. I was reading a series when I was in high school and the next one had just come out. And instead of like going to Barnes and Noble and buying it, I was like, I can get it on Amazon for four bucks instead of 27 bucks at like Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. So I did. I bought it and I read it. But really, I would much prefer to have something in my hand Mm -hmm. because I don't want to be like, oh, man, my book died. I gotta go charge my book. (laughs) Gotta go charge my book. There's just something about being able to hold it and turn the page myself. Absolutely. I love it. Dog earing a page. Yeah. I'm all for dog earing. If it's some, your own book. Yeah. Some people don't don't believe in that, which I don't dog ear like library books oh, or anything no. like that. Because no. that's rude. No. You gotta if you but if I bought this book, I'm a dog ear it all I want. Yeah. Well and I'll use like receipts as bookmarks sure. and you know. Sometimes I've used two squares of toilet paper. No, you have not. As a bookmark. Oh my <laughs> it works fine. That's, so I know where you were reading. Anyway. And then this... that's where I do all my important work. It's oh, where I play my Nintendo Switch. That's <laughs> where I read. I'm just. Uh... <laughs> this is... No. Anyway. It occurred, nah, it occurred, no. Hold on. It occurred to me the other day that, uh, you know, we had that story about the phones, how phones have just so much feces on them yeah. from being in the bathroom with people mm-hmm. and it aerosoling whenever you flush i'm like i bring my nintendo switch in here all the time mm. that's disgusting <laughs> that's gross it's got buttons and junk too to collect all this stuff yeah, yeah i need to clean it that's a great idea anyway yeah. anyway don't read an ebook don't yeah don't do it but if I don't, you, but I don't if, you it. if you have to buy the ebook version of please don't side like me <laughs> the best of back row baptist and read that but only that i concur all right national cheeseburger day this is one i can get behind right go team I'm, and i'm sure that there's some restaurants out there celebrating i think sonic usually does a thing 
which I hate their burgers. Yeah, they're. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they do a thing where like two cheeseburgers for the price of one, or half off cheeseburgers, or something on the something. Day. Well, let's let's talk about the only holiday that matters at Sonic, and that's two for one dollar corn dogs. I do not like their corn dogs. Shut your. After I've had Wiener Schnitzel corn dogs for Ew, so long, what? they're so much better. No way. So much better. Actually, I can't say anything. I've never had a Wiener Schnitzel corn dog. Oh, it'll change your life. My coworker calls it the der. Yeah. And der means the in right. German. The, the. She calls it the the. The the. She goes, yeah, I'm going to go to the der. I'm like, ah, I can't take it. <laughs> anyway, next holiday, National IT Professionals Day. All you technology folks working in IT. But only the professional ones. Just the professional ones. <laughs> Could not do my job without you. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. You guys are amazing. You National... tried turning it on and off again. We did try. Or off and on again. <laughs> it didn't work. Please remote in and fix my computer. All right. Um, National Respect Day. I feel like this should be every day. <laughs> no, just this one day. Just one day. Just one day a year, you got to respect people. Oh, my God. R-S-P-I-C-T, as <laughs> Al Sharpton would say. <laughs> And last but not least, Rice Krispie Treats Day. Thank you. Second only to Christmas. No. (laughs) I'd say maybe like fifth only, but okay. Okay, so tell me. I will. Do you like the pre-made packaged Rice Krispie Treats? Yes. Because I hate them. I think they are so delicious. Compared to ones that you can make by yourself, they taste I've never been able to successfully make them. Without them being too buttery or too, really? like, sticky. Yeah. Well, they're so supposed I don't, to be sticky. Well, they are, but no, like, I'm talking like, like, sticky. Oh, like they can't get off your hands yeah. kind of stuff. <sighs> the easiest thing in the world, man. Get some mini marshmallows, just like a pat of butter, microwave that stuff, and then mixing bowl with the Rice Krispie Treats. Put it on a thing, spread it out, let it cool. Oh, I gotta let it cool? <laughs> That's why it's so sticky. <laughs> I'm sticking my hand right into that warm bowl. First of all, duh. They're Rice Krispie treats. I'm not going to wait. Why would I wait? But see, that's the thing is those prepackaged ones lose any of the stickiness, I feel. No, like you're so pretty sticky. But that's just stuff made from your saliva. It's not like. If you peel it apart, it's not going to stretch with goop, you know. That is true. It does not do that. It's rehydrated by your spit. So then I think the Vassars should make more Rice Krispie treats and put them in our cookie boxes. Also, I'd like to complain because I didn't get an actual t-shirt box full of cookies. I just got a little plate. Um, Where do I take my complaints to? Um, I think they reserve the t-shirt boxes now for families. I'm a family. And you're just a couple. No, 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 no. (laughs) We are a family. Just because we don't have any kids yet does not mean that we are not a family. No, yeah, it totally does. No, it it literally does not. (laughs) We become one. We are a family. No, you become one. You are one. You're a couple. You make a family. (laughs) I don't agree. Anyway, I've never had that debate before, but now I'm interested in seeing what people think. And and here's Are here's, you a family when you're just married or are you just a married couple and you have to have children to be a family? Tell us what you think. Because you know here, what? No, I'm going to put it on Twitter right now. I'm going to see We're, we'll find out by the end of the show what people think. Here's here's my thing, and it could just be because John and I want kids and right now we are we are waiting for God to bless us with with a child. Um but if I look at it as, oh, we'll never start a family, then I forget that we are one. 
that God put us together and that even if we never have kids, we are still a family. God brought us together and family doesn't just include kids. It includes the people that we hold most dear. Uh You know? Yeah. You know, we are in the family of God and I get that, you know, God is our father. So I will get, I will give you that. But I would, I would go so far as to say that the disciples and Jesus were a family. Mm. They didn't have kids. They weren't married, you know, but they were a close knit group of people doing life together. And I think that's what the definition of a family should be. Let's, I'm going to Miriam Webster dictionary this right now. What a family is. Because it's, you know. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm putting it up on, on Twitter right now. But of course this is recorded earlier. So those listening right now won't get to participate, but those listening while we're recording this, not listening, but those around while we're recording this, will uh, let us know what they think. Uh, okay. So, well, Miriam. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So if we're going by, (laughs) well, and I, and I'm okay with being wrong. Um, I, what I am fine with me don't no. protest too much <laughs> oh i'm so upset i'm waiting for it to load um <laughs> it says the basic unit of society society where did it go oh my gosh it like disappeared okay sorry the basic unit in society traditionally consisting of two parents rearing their children also any various social units differing from but regarding as equivalent to the traditional family. I'm so confused. <laughs> All this those is words. using this is using single parents as they they are still a family. Single parents, okay, yeah, single, single parents. adults with children, <clears throat> yeah. Definition I would two consider that a family. is a group of individuals living under one roof, usually under one head. Mm. But are you a group of individuals living under one head? I, I would say, well, maybe not a group. You're just one person living under one head. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, it could just be that's what, that's the comfort God is bringing me currently. Because that, you know, children is something that John and I yearn for and are, are waiting for. So if we say, oh, you know, it'll be forever till we start a family. Um, I think that puts him in a different mindset of, hmm. you know, I can't. Because that's something I told him from the very beginning that I want. Yeah. And if, if we say, oh, we haven't started a family yet, he's, he, he's from the mindset of, I haven't been able to provide her something that she wants. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and it could just be on a person-by-person basis or family-by-family basis. How did we get here from Rice Krispie Treats? <laughs> because the vast, because you oh, okay, said the cookie thing. That's right. that t-shirt boxes. <laughs> I was so confused for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. None of these holidays have anything to do with families. Rice Krispies, bro. What happened here? Rice Krispies will uh, always bring us back to family. All right. Well, it is Top List Tuesday. Top List Tuesday. There's a T. List. So don't, don't, get, don't get crazy here. We got a top <laughs> list for you. I took me a second. <laughs> I was like, top list without the T. <laughs> top list. Ah, uh, Six it. ways to prepare young Christians for dating. Let's see if we agree with these. Number one, don't do it. <laughs> Number one, encourage open communication. Truth. I would say that this is both between the the young couple and with your parents. And an accountability partner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, read biblical books on romance together. Uh, mm. 
not romance, but maybe. So they there's the book by was it Dr. Townsend who does the um, boundaries in dating. Yeah, I think that's a that's a phenomenal book to read as a couple, it's especially if you are dating for marriage, which you should be. But yes, and uh, then once you're engaged and getting ready to be married, mm-hmm. I recommend a book called Sheet Music by I don't remember who it's by. Kevin Kevin Lehman, I think, Doctor Kevin Lehman, uh, which is a Christian's guide to those first intimate days. <laughs> but we're talking about young Christians dating right now, not young Christians getting married yet. So, uh, but seriously, it's a fantastic book. Uh, number three, <laughs> dispel romantic comedy fantasies. Um, as in, life's not a TV show, amen, or a movie. It's not. I like that. Yeah. Uh, number four, discourage starting too early. Well, as a man uh, who started yeah. dating his wife when he was 15 and she was 13, I don't, I'd be a hypocrite if I said that, but. Here's my two <sighs> cents. Not that you asked for it, but you're listening, so you're going to get it. I, f- I fully believe that God brings your spouse into your life when you need them to be there. Mm-hmm. Now, I also believe that that knows no age because God's timing is perfect. Now, if you need to meet them at 10 and start dating at 24, that's fine. But if you meet them at 15 and you start dating at 16, you get married at 20, that's fine too. As long as you're keeping God the center of it. And and her okay. in her example, the two people are relatively the same age also. Yes. <laughs> right, so if you meet them at 10 and you got to wait till they're 24. <laughs> well... I also, and I, uh, I truly believe the age, uh, love knows no age, as long as both parties are over the age of, really, I think, 21. Because when it's, if you're an 18-year-old dating a 30-year-old, I do have a problem with that. But if you're both over the age of 21, really, what does it matter? One of my really good friends growing up, his parents were 27 years apart in age. Gracious. And they were together until his dad passed away. They had two kids together. They were in love, and that worked for them. That's a whole generation's difference. And it is. But (laughs) if God's going to bring you two together, it's going to be for a reason. Sure, sure. So as long as you are willing to wait on God and wait on all of the things, the beauty that marriage holds, you're fine. Date whenever God brings you to that, I think. This is also coming from the woman who met her spouse at 24. And I had never dated at all ever so (laughs) all right so number five instill the importance of character which we should do in all aspects of life but relationships definitely in relationships uh dating relationships and then number six model a healthy relationship yes for your children which I'd say is rarer and rarer today, yes. even in Christian homes. And even if, so let's say, use me in a, as an example. I'm all for this. I grew up in a single parent home and my, my parents were not married. I did not know my dad. John, however, grew up in a two parent home. His parents had been married, got married when they were young, had kids, the, the whole nine. You know, they're still married. They're so very in love. It's adorable. Um, so we had two very different upbringings Mm -hmm. and it is really nice that when we were, when we started dating to, for me to have them as an example, if you don't have that in your life, find one, 
find mm-hmm. a couple that have been married for forever and they, I hate this phrase, but I don't use it, did it right, quote unquote. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and, and you know, ask them questions, seek their counsel because they'll, they won't lead you astray. Hopefully. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So some good, some very good advice there. Uh, we agree with about 95% of everything said, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Uh, well, it is Indie Music Tuesday, y'all. And that means we're playing more independent Christian music. Hoping that you'll find a new favorite that maybe you've never heard before. When we come back, new segment. Okay, fine. We'll talk about it. The Nike controversy. Stick around. show with matt and hillary this morning a uh, new segment that we'll bring up every now and then called okay fine we'll talk about it uh this has been going on for a few weeks now man and uh so... it's almost Whew. it's almost irresponsible of us not to say anything or acknowledge it so let's let's just bring it up mm-hmm. according to usa today jerry falwell jr the president of the liberty university told them during a phone interview on friday uh this is two fridays ago that the university is possibly reconsidering its relationship with nike on friday it was reported that college of the ozarks terminated their partnership with the massive uh athletics brand after nike released the just do it slogans 30th anniversary ad campaign campaign features free agent nfl quarterback colin kaepernick who is known for starting the NFL kneeling demonstrations during the national anthem. Now Nike is at risk of losing its partnership with the largest Christian university in the United States, Liberty University. The university openly values and supports law enforcement and military, which is contradictory to Kaepernick's beliefs, or so they believe. Uh, we've avoided talking about this, of course, uh, and we certainly don't want to alienate anyone because we know even in the Christian side there are uh, yeah. differing opinions wildly wildly differing opinions um so let's just kind of discuss it a little so i had no idea this was a thing until all of the memes started coming out which have been fantastic the meme game has just been the best thing to come out of this really actually my favorite one john sent me and it is just a picture of owen wilson and it says wow (laughs) i like the one with uh david schwimmer that says pivot <laughs> and then just pivot. Yeah. At the <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't know it was a thing. John and I have talked about it. Uh, and I think Nike, for the most part, maybe now after hearing that, you know, Liberty might pull out of their contract with them or, you know, renegotiate or whatever they're going to do. People are going to buy Nikes because they like Nikes. Sure. They're not going to do it because of Colin Kaepernick. Some people that stand with Colin or you know, stand, quote unquote, with Colin Kaepernick. Stand or not stand with. Um, They're going to go and buy Nikes because people are very willing to be on board with who they follow. Mm -hmm. So Nike's going to make money. Nike's going to lose a little bit of money. But to me, it seems like Nike just doesn't care. And that's fine with me. It's your company. You're going to take risks. You're going to take gambles. IHOP tried to take a risk and it flopped. (laughs) IHOP. And, burgers, burgers, burgers. And so <laughs> it is just a risk that I think 
uh, companies take. Yeah. And people are going to buy them or not buy them. Right. We bought John some Nikes because he needed them and they were on sale. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, that was it. It wasn't like we loved them. It just so. Right. It's not like a brand thing for you that you no. need this brand. No. It really um, like the, the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Uh, with the kneeling or whatever, I've I've heard both sides of the argument, and I can see both sides of the argument making mm-hmm. sense to whoever is holding that opinion, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not it's it's you know it's about social justice and and uh, you know racial uh, the need for mm-hmm. the the racial diversity to you know come to peace, whatever. Right. Or if it's you know disrespectful to the military to the police stuff like that i can i can understand both sides and i don't know that i fall on either one of them hard-lined uh for that reason i so here's the thing Uh, colin kaepernick as an american citizen has every right to kneel Mm -hmm. i just think it's interesting that he chooses to kneel whilst being protected by those who stand for the for the national anthem does that make sense? Yeah. So he's being protected by the very same men and women that he's trying to, that he's protesting against. Correct? Kind of. So, I mean, he, he has all that. He If he wants to do it, he can do it. Yeah. My, my thing is, if you don't want to stand for the national anthem, or you don't agree with it, or it just doesn't sit right with you, I think that should be okay if... If it doesn't sit right. But don't kneel. Because you're kneeling on thousands upon thousands who have given their lives to protect this country. To give you that freedom. To give you that that right. Um, just stand there. You don't have to put your hand on your heart. Just stand there and just stand. Show respect to what is going on. But also, you're also being able to show that maybe this is not something that you fully agree with. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree that this might be overall a bad choice of of timing to protest, mm-hmm. you know, this Oh yeah. this there are other ways to get your point across than what many would see as disrespecting the flag and the country and the soldiers and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I definitely see that. Um but you know, then again, some people just don't see it uh, exactly that way as it being offensive, they more see it as celebrating exactly what America is about. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, and I can see that. Yeah, too. Is, yeah, you know that freedom of speech, that freedom uh, that we have, and and uh, this is the protest is kind of about not everybody having the same amount of freedom, mm-hmm. I guess. Which then at that point does make sense that he's doing it at that time. It's very complicated issue, um, and. We're not going to take a hard stance either way. I'm but, not, but I do have a bold statement. Sure. I think it is brilliant on Nike's part. Right. That's where I was Be- about to go. Because here's the thing. If you want to boost your sales and your profits, you become controversial. Mm-hmm. You do the very, you, you make it to where your name, your brand's name is talked about everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because then when people go to buy shoes or they go to buy, you know, athletic shorts or whatever, they see that they're thinking, oh, you know, Nike. They're not necessarily thinking, oh, controversy. They're thinking, oh, I've thought about them recently. Let me just grab a pair. Mm-hmm. And it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. 
Uh, yeah, the point that John, your husband, made, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your husband. I know. Married, yeah. yeah. I've met him a <laughs> um, time or two. He's, <laughs> he said, uh, I'm not entirely certain that Nike cares at all about the political statement it's making. Nope. I think that all it's doing is, you know, trying to amp up their sales, which, by the way, it has. Oh, yeah. Um, because, again, not everybody in America is going to buy Nikes. Even 50% of the country is not going to be buying Nikes on a regular basis. Nope. But if you put uh, a hard line, 50-50 people, you know, half the country doesn't believe in this, half the country does, you might be losing, like you said, you might be losing a few customers. A but bit. you're gaining so many more just from a political standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I agree with that company. Let's go spend money there. And uh, it, it has been working. But John John's point was it's interesting that uh, Nike's being a part of this racial stand while mm, a lot of its stuff is made in countries by slave labor. Yeah. <coughs> I, but, also, uh, <laughs> I also... I <clears throat> also... So, um, this part, I have something to say. Go for it. Okay. So, all of the people that are protesting and burning their shoes nike already has your money (laughs) now you're out 75 to 125 dollars and shoes don't be stupid they have your money you can't return them i get it and you're angry i get it but in six months all of this is going to blow over and you can wear them again but especially you christians out there who are burning the nike stuff when in history has one of these burning pile boycotts never ever won a single person to Christ. Never. Tell me that. Yeah. Never. Nobody has ever gone to a book burning or a Nike burning. Remember the last book burnings were Harry Potter. That was the big book burning. Nobody ever went to a Harry Potter book burning and walked away going, I found Christ there. Right. That's my testimony. (laughs) And if you have, I want to know about it. (laughs) I do. Tweet at me. At, uh, I think it's at, at Hillary Berkey, at Hillary Corinne, something like that. Tweet at me. Who cares? No one knows. Uh, so, yes, if uh, if you want to get rid of your Nike stuff, do the Christian thing mm-hmm. and donate them. Yeah. Donate them to uh, people who need shoes and socks and shirts and whatever. They, they make everything, I guess. They yeah. make underwear. I believe so. Don't donate your underwear. Throw that away. You can actually burn burn your underwear. Yeah, burn it. Not for any political reason. Just nobody yeah, wants nobody your wants used it. underwear. But yeah, donate the stuff. Let it be used for a good purpose and uh, help someone in need. Don't be a turd. And uh, with that being said, <laughs> it's Indie Music Tuesday, and uh, we're playing some more inspirational indie music uh, from some awesome Christian artists that you might not have heard of. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Back Row Morning Show up next. Communicate with your spouse better. Stick around. morning show it's tuesday and we're in hour two of the show it's matt and not Mo, hillary burkey joining me. me all week long uh, on the morning show as mo has taken a week off uh it's topless tuesday no top list oh tuesday can you not say that so fast <laughs> no it's not no, it's fully clothed uh. fully Closed. Effective marital communication comes down to these four principles listed from a weekend to remember. 
Let's see if we agree with these. Number one, think before you speak. Yes. Gosh, this is a big one. Well, so I'm going to go a step further. When you're being spoken to, listen before you think, before you speak. Because mm. a lot of times, this is something I am guilty of, is John will be talking to me and I'll be thinking about what I want to say to him. Already formulating a response, yeah. And I'm not listening. So think, listen before you think, before you speak. I feel like that would cause a lot of pauses in the discussion. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with... Not if the other person's like, well... Don't so, you have anything to say? <laughs> what I'm okay with is sometimes I'll tell John, give me a second. I need to think. Yeah. Because then that way I'm not just off the cusp, just going at whatever my emotions are are wanting to say. I'm thinking about it and really letting God drive my my thoughts and my, my feelings. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. So, yeah. Go ahead. Is it off the cusp? Or off the cuff? It might be off the cuff. <laughs> is it off the cuff? It is off the cuff, but a lot of people say off uh, off the cusp. That's very funny. Off the cuff. Uh, He's not going to edit that out, people. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, that I one is, that one wasn't in our list. That no. was funny. Uh, all right. Uh, number two. Not everything you are feeling needs to be expressed. No, I totally agree with this. I don't agree. Especially if it's not beneficial at all. I think, I think if it if it's if you're gonna harbor it, it needs to be addressed. If you're gonna harbor it, sure. But if but, it's something that you're just feeling like, in the moment that you're not gonna even remember tomorrow. Like, like I hate it when he leaves the seat up, but you know what? It's just as easier for me to put it down as it is for him to put it down. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to. I hate it when you. That's not. But if it's something like the fact that he never. Never, and I mean never, and you're not supposed to use the word never, but I'm going to say it. He never puts the toilet paper on the little toilet paper holder. It is always on the counter, on the back of the toilet, or on the tub, and I can never find it. So I put it on the toilet paper holder, and he always takes it off and puts it somewhere else. Wait, hold on. He takes it off the holder? He takes it off of the holder, because it's not like a, it's not hard. It's just a little pole that you just stick oh, it on so it's okay. really so easy it's to not, take it on and off it's not a thing where no, you not. gotta push the thing in no. and lock it in place no, it's super okay. easy to take it off but, but i I, that. I totally do that too there have been several times i'm like john i need you to bring me some toilet paper he's like but it's on the back of the toilet well, i can't see behind me <laughs> that's true i have often <laughs> not often but there have been a couple times in my life where i have had to resort to using something other than toilet paper only to find out the toilet paper was directly behind me and I just couldn't see it even in my peripheral. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That annoys me. I get yeah. that one. So you can express that. Yes. <laughs> Number three, ask to make sure you are being understood. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. Because misunderstandings are the cause of and that's so many more problems than you think. Because people aren't listening. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm pointing at. I'm pointing at the top <laughs> of my head. The very crown of my head here. No. no because, That's the back here in it. Top of the forehead. Yeah. This Hairline. Is called, this is called the frontal if you're taking. Frontal lobe. No. The, but this part of your body of your head is called the frontal. Not your not your lobe, not your brain. But I thought that was your chestal region. No. Because that was the phrase the, like full 
No. Well, it <laughs> is. is. The, the so Saban- if Samantha you're, if you're show? Di- dissecting, or if you're cutting the body in half between front and back, this is the frontal. Okay. And this is the, I don't remember. Why are you cutting so many bodies in half, Hillary? Well, whatever. Sorry, but, tell, you, tell me your point. So <laughs> this is something that I make sure to do. If John is telling me something and we're arguing or we're having a discussion, something is wrong, I'll say, okay, what I'm hearing you say because sometimes he'll say something and I hear it one way, but he means it a completely different way. Right. So if I'm saying what I hear you say is blank and he'll say, no, 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 it's this. Then I'm making sure that I'm understanding what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like, if I'm just listening to him talk and I think I understand. Assume, yeah, assume you've understood it correctly. and But I don't, then that's on me. That's not on him. You're I right. didn't try and clarify. You're right. Yep. And lastly, speak in a way that encourages. Yes. <laughs> yes. One of the one of the things that uh, I believe Deidre and I have been good about most of the time in our marriage, which has gone on far too long. <laughs> oh, well over a decade by now. Far too long. So many years, I don't even remember how many years. Um, but uh, it's not acting like we're on separate teams. It's yes. not. It's not a fight between two opposing teams. Mm-hmm. It's two people on the same team mm-hmm. trying to be better. Yeah, that's a great a way team. of putting it. Yeah, yeah. that is great. And so when you start name calling mm-hmm. or bringing up past crap that y'all have already dealt with and trying to throw it back in the face of the person, all you're doing is fueling the fires of becoming two separate teams. And that will eventually lead to you mm-hmm. becoming separate. Yeah. Um, you have to play fair. You have to play nice. Uh, even if you're hurt and it's okay to be mad, it's okay to be upset and it's okay to express that, but you don't want to be cruel. You Mm -hmm. don't want to be vulgar and you definitely don't want to tear that person down. Well, they're going to remember it. Yeah. Words are don't forget that stuff. That's why Jesus said that we hold the power of life and death in our tongue. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, you always want to think before you speak because Mm -hmm. once you've said it, it can never be unsaid. And even if it's forgiven, it's not necessarily forgotten. Um, and you're right. We, you know, couples are the same team. Yep. And you're fighting to the same goal, and that is to stay together and to to be happy. Yep. So, yeah. So those are good. I like all those. True story. I'm going to agree with all those. Mm-hmm. We got some quotes. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we got Lisa Turkirsk. Oh, geez. Says, God is good and God is good at being God. No human being should have to bear the weight of trying to be their own God, but so many of us still do. Mm. Truth. I'm so glad I am not God because I would do a terrible <laughs> job. Danny Goki says, I can't brag about my love for God because I fail him daily, but I can brag about his love for me because it never fails. Amen. Greg Laurie says, you can fool all the people some of the time. You can fool some of the people all of the time, but you can't fool God any of the time. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Ooh, that got me right in the heart. (laughs) (laughs) John Narogi? N-J-O-R-O-G-E. I don't know. Okay. Well, if it's the N and the J together, it's the... The N is probably silent or the J is probably silent. Anyway. But which? <laughs> we'll find out when we come back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
One can be born into any religion in the world except Christianity. For their primary qualification, for the primary qualification to becoming a Christian is a second birth. If uh, we have to be born again as Christians, why don't we have two navels? Because I'm not actually. It's a, a <laughs> maybe my heart grew a navel. You don't know. Someone's response to that. I asked that on Twitter as a joke. Someone's response to that was. Uh, because your umbilical cord with God is never cut. Oh. And I'm like, that's disgusting. It's <laughs> <laughs> walking around with this big umbilical cord going up to the sky. That's, that's my visual. Uh, last quote <laughs> from Shelly Giglio. Positivity is a choice. To look at life from a hopeful perspective shows ourselves and maybe some others that we trust that God's in control no matter what. Mm. Preach that. Mm. Now it's time for some random facts with not Mo, but with Hillary instead. With some, some Mo of Hillary. All right. <laughs> Rolling a pair of dice is as predictive of your future income as your college GPA is. Yeah, that's right. Daedra, honor society, wife of mine. Sorry. She have a better GPA than you did? Probably. And now she's making more money than you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it could have easily gone the other way is all I'm saying. Rolling dice. No. <laughs> Alcohol poisoning kills six people in the U.S. every day. Every I don't, day. I don't like that fact. That's a bad fact. That's a sad fact. It's National Recovery Month, folks. Yes, it is. Get in CR. Amen. Before it's too late. 88% of New Year's resolutions fail. That's also a sad fact. I'm also going to tell you that I every year resolve to not make any but one resolution, and that resolution is to not make any resolutions. And... I keep it every year. You never make, throughout the entire year, you never make a, I'm going to be better at this statement? No. Because so you never the Lord's mercies are new every day. <laughs> so every day is a new chance to be better. Why do I got to resolve it? Matt? <laughs> okay. All right. Another one. M&M's lose yourself. Not, not the candy, but the rapper. M&M's lose yourself was the first rap song to ever win an Oscar for best original song. But he didn't watch the award show because he didn't think he was going to win. Instead, he fell asleep watching cartoons with his daughter. Aww. That is so sweet. There's one thing you can always say about Eminem. He sure loves his daughter. He has two, actually. And he Daughters. Loves, yeah, loves them both. I don't know. I don't listen to Eminem. Man, you gotta lose yourself in some Eminem. I haven't listened to Eminem since the early, early days of Eminem. Oh man, so good. Anyway, and last but surely not least, if you are six feet two inches tall, you are taller than ninety-four percent of the world. As someone who is exactly six foot two inches tall, that is mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of the world. <laughs> I mean, as somebody who is not five feet, I will say. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so tell me something. Because I don't know if this is universal or if it's just me. Okay. <clears throat> I'm six foot two, so this rarely happens. Okay. But my brother is six foot six, so he's taller than me. Yeah. And whenever I am next to someone who is taller than me, even if they're younger than me, it makes me feel like a child. Yeah. Is that true for you? Yes. For anybody who's taller than you? Literally everybody is taller <laughs> than me. Um, it, I think it... Because I'm used to it, that is that is the majority of my life, is people being taller than me. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, God grows everyone to their perfect height, and some people it doesn't take as long as others. 
I just reached perfection before you did, Matt. Sure. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, but it, it all has to do with how I present myself. Yeah. If I am carrying myself with confidence, um, that doesn't necessarily happen. But there are times, especially when I'm working with people that are younger than me, but that are taller than me, that does get a little weird. Um, so like I work in a school, so a lot of times I do have to carry myself with a lot more authority and confidence and confidence than other people would because of my height. Because a lot of times people will pass the office or they come in the office. And if I don't look at them with like, I know what I'm doing. I know what's going on. Ask me. Yeah. Then I, I tend to get looked over and that's not something that I'm okay with. I gotcha. So it depends. I would guess that if it happened more in my life, I would adapt to it better. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that it rarely happens, I'm never prepared for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's always my older brother. He's 10 years older than me. So, of course, I feel like a child compared to him mm-hmm. anyway. But, like, I feel like a little kid yeah. every single time I'm next to him. And I'm 30-something-year-old man. And, uh, yeah. I feel like I know nothing and I'm back in grade school every time he's he's near me. It is definitely a weird feeling when it's like a third grader walking up to you. They're like, oh, I'm taller than you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you are, Timmy, but can you drive? No, you can't. I could, I could eat a box of cookies for dinner. You can't because you're just a dumb kid. That's <laughs> true. Oh, man, that's funny. All right, it's Indie Music Tuesday, y'all. Uh, more independent christian hits coming your way when we come back it's not too early in the year for this nutcracker stick around welcome back it is hour three no not hour three it's still hour two no way, it's coming up to hour three in a little while <laughs> i'm completely lost it is uh the morning show uh see just with without mo here i'm just my direction is gone i Thanks, don't know where Matt. she's at i got she's weird probably, hillary plopped down in front of me probably at home i have no idea what sleeping. i'm doing anymore you're the worst. <laughs> uh, Guinness World Records shared a video of a man cracking 217 walnuts with his head. That sounds like 217 too many walnuts. With his head. Yeah. In one minute. Golly. To break a record. Golly. Ow. That's like more than three walnuts a second with his head. The record showed S. Navin Kumar using just his head to break the shells of 217 walnuts arranged on a long table. The footage shows Kumar holding his hands behind his back as he sidesteps next to the table uh, next to the table, and cracks the nuts one at a time with his cranium. Guinness said Kumar broke the world record for most walnuts cracked against the head by 36 walnuts. So not only is he cracking these walnuts, which I would envision someone putting a new walnut in every single time and he's standing still, he is no, he's sidestepping. To each individual walnut and still getting three of them broken in a second. Yeah. That's insane. That is so I can't do many, anything so many really in a minute, let alone do three things in a second. Is that three or is it closer to four? I don't have any idea. It's nearly four. Four would be four a second would be 240 by the end, wouldn't it? I don't. Man. 60 seconds. I don't, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't math. 
So yeah, like three, nearly four a second, which is nuts. I didn't do that on purpose. Uh, that yeah, was an accident. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but hey, good on you, Kumar. That's really using your noodle. What does the S stand for? Um, maybe it's like the S and Harry S. Truman, and it has no mm-hmm. meaning. <laughs> Probably not. But it's Steve. <laughs> Steve Navin Kumar. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds possible. Uh, it's Indie Music Tuesday. We're playing more of the independent Christian music. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Back Row Morning Show. But up next, even more bizarre state facts. Stick around. It's the we'll greatest do, day ever. Maybe we'll do your state today. Background morning show. Now it's the three o'clock hour. Uh, I'm here with Hillary Burke, emo's replacement for the week, and we have got some interesting state facts for you. We've already gotten 20 of them out of the way. Now it's time for the next 10, and we're going to start in good old Massachusetts in Gloucester. It's no, it's Gloucester. Gloucester. No, Gloucester. Gloucester. I hate you. Was it Gloucester? Gloucester. Locals grease up a 200-foot horizontal pole extending from the pier with all kinds of slippery things like banana peels, axle grease, Tabasco sauce, among other things, in honor of St. Peter. What? (laughs) The pole is roughly 25 feet above the ocean, and contestants try to walk across it to reach an Italian flag at the end. Anyone who can successfully do, do it essentially gets bragging rights. This act of madness has been going on since 1927. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I want to be there. Michigan. It was 1983 in Detroit, and juvenile delinquency was rampant on the eve of Halloween, causing 650 major fires in the area. This led to naming the night before Halloween Devil's Night. Things reached a fever pitch in 1984 when firefighters had to put out 810 fires. What? And officials sounded the alarm to clamp down on the practice. Since then, government officials created Angels Night with concerted Detroit residents patrolling neighborhoods together to staunch out the problem. Jeez Louise. (laughs) Kids these days, or those days. Speaking of multiple fires, did you hear about the fires in Boston last week? No. Where, like, some gas main or something blew up and random houses, like... Over 50 of them, or maybe more, I don't remember now, but like lots, all caught on fire, blazing fire at the exact same time. I had no, no, I didn't. I watched a live feed of a helicopter just going around different areas and finding like one house in every neighborhood that was on fire. It was insane. And because there's, they're all happening at once, there's not enough firefighters. Yeah. So they're just all burning down. That's awful. Nuts. So, yeah, it was bad. That's bad. Yeah. That's a they should get like crisis. Boston Red Sox tickets. Or which I'm not sure how many people actually know about it because it's happened during the exact same time as Hurricane Florence. So everybody's focusing on Florence. So what had happened was That's, I didn't know that there was a hurricane. Yeah. Because I have We been, never really pay well, attention to it over in New Mexico. I've been so busy with work and school 
that I I've barely had time to like check Facebook. Which yeah. is it's been nice. It's been, you know, Right. That's real... never really a bad thing. No. But um John was telling me the other day that he talked to his sister cuz he she her and her husband live in North Carolina. And he was like, "Yeah, Hurricane Flo." And I'm like, "That is the what? From Progressive. That is the, that is not the name of this hurricane. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it is. And then you said Florence, and I thought, ah, oh, that makes more sense. Like, yeah. give it a full name, not a <laughs> not the name of the aunt that visits women every month, and we don't really like her. There was a Hurricane Matthew not too long ago. Nah. And you know when people board up their houses and businesses for hurricanes, they always write derogatory things to the name of the thing. Yeah. So I got sent all these, Matthew, kiss my grits, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Things written all over boards. Oh. <clears throat> that wasn't very nice, friends. Uh, we that do have funny. we do have a few friends though over in the Carolinas uh, through Twitter and whatnot. We got Scott Duran. We got volunteer worship leader who is the one that catapulted Back Row Baptist to uh, its early away. early prominence. Uh, all of them dealing with the fallout. Hopefully they're all safe. Uh, let's continue on here. We got sidetracked. Minnesota. 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 In the small desert town of Dorset, Minnesota, <laughs> 22 residents casted their ballots. Are I'm you? going off of the wrong. <laughs> I got Irish. Uh, like Irish. I'm not good at my, I'm not good at accents. Nope. Corn, beef, and cabbage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 22 residents casted their ballots and elected a three-year-old boy named James Tufts as their mayor. Tufts' philosophy on leadership boiled down to being nice and no poopy talk, which in light of recent leaders might be pretty good advice. Yeah. Oh, Mississippi. Golly. It was 1942 and residents of Pascagoula. 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 Pas, pas, yeah, whatever. Pascoula. Not only had to worry about their boys fighting in World War II, but also had a strange and eerie figure stalking the streets known as the Phantom Barber. Mm. As their population soared due to war material manufacturing, a mysterious figure broke into people's homes and cut pieces of their hair oh. as they slept. Hence the name. Few clues were left behind, and to this day, no one knows its identity. That'd be weird. You wouldn't have to worry about it, though. How would you know? Did they leave the hair there? Because you're bald. Oh, <laughs> because, oh. That's not nice. You're you, not a nice person. You are. You're not nice. By choice. You are literally bald by choice. I'm not bald by choice. Yeah, you got a little bit of hair here. I got the horseshoe hair. It. I shaved that, but you're still considered bald with your horseshoe hair. Anyway, Ugh. I think, well, you would know if you woke up in the morning to brush your hair and you... But, like, would like you know part. if there was just one small little piece cut from your hair? Well, I'm assuming it's enough to be of significance. Why would you assume that? Because, you know, what happens when you assume? I guess. Sometimes you're wrong. <laughs> you thought I was going to curse. Shame on you, Matthew. Shame on you. Uh, yeah, I would assume it would be enough that you'd notice, too. Mm-hmm. That's still weird. 1942. It's not the, uh, not, not the demon barber of Fleet no. Street. No, he was in London. It's uh, just a, just a, he's not he doesn't want to kill you. Phantom one doesn't want to kill you. Just wants to you know give you a trim, practice. Maybe he just wanted to be a barber and he couldn't find anyone to practice on, so that's what he broke in the house. That's not what happened. <laughs> Missouri, 
During the Great Flood of 1993, 24-year-old James Scott purposely removed several sandbags from a levee, causing 14,000 acres of flooding and destroying many buildings in West Quincy. Why did he do it? He wanted to strand his wife on the Missouri side of the border so he could stay in Illinois and party with his friends. Scott was convicted and received the maximum penalty of life in prison. That is the silliest. I mean. Dumbest man. Yeah. Why would you? My wife's a killjoy. I'm going to flood the whole town to keep her there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know what I really don't like? My wife. You know what I really like? Partying. (laughs) You know what I also like? Flooding towns. Flooding flooding West Quincy. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Montana. For 35 years, this festival in Clinton, Montana, hosted some of the wildest antics on planet Earth. It's called, brace yourself, parents, the Testicle Festival. (laughs) Hosting weird games, tons of music, plenty of debauchery, and thousands of Rocky Mountain oysters, this wild party had people parading around town in costumes or wearing nothing at all. However, in recent years, the festival has been canceled due to several deaths... And low attendance. I get the I get the deaths <laughs> part. I do. I mean, I want to know how. But low attendance. But low. A- that seems like the place what? to be on a the, Saturday. I get that seventeen people have died, but um, last year we only had sixteen people, and when we first started, we had seven hundred. So I think we should just stop. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, are people allowed to just go around walking around naked? I hope not. And is it just this day that they're allowed to do that in Montana? I, mean, I don't understand. I'm all for John walking around naked, but that's it. Guys. <laughs> I mean, I said guys like he was here too. I just, y'all are both the worst. No, 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 no. We get it. You're married. Keep we're, that to we're yourself. We're in please. love, Matthew. <laughs> just because me and my wife have been married for over a decade and no longer love each other or like to look at each other. <laughs> that's on you, yeah. Matthew. Well, that's what you say to me every week yeah. when I complain about your grossness. We're in love. Your grossness. As we were walking up the stairs, you had your husband lift his shirt for you just so you could get a mental image. It's disgusting. It's Y'all are disgusting. Awesome. Make me puke. All right. Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. Bel- Nebraska. Believing that it was required to have a red heifer born in Jerusalem to move along the second coming of Jesus Christ, a Nebraskan farmer, along with the Reverend Clyde Lott, bought and sent plain loads of these red heifers at 1,000 per heifer to the Holy Land. Unfortunately for them, all the heifers were rejected, and the apocalypse hasn't happened yet. Come on. I actually read a story about this the other day, is that they've, they, uh, because this is a real thing, Mm -hmm. uh, they do believe this, and uh, they have just certified the first batch of red heifers born in Jerusalem for decades. Uh, they they did some, they did some sort of breeding thing with injections or whatever in normal heifers that they all successfully gave birth to red heifers and they've been approved as purebred red heifers. Well, there you go. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Right. I want to read more about it. Is the apocalypse going to happen? Let us know in the comments below. We've been waiting on these red heifers, guys, and now they're here. <laughs> so, rapture time, coming soon. Uh, Nevada. 
Many don't realize famous stories can have unintended consequences. In this case, Area 51 and the UFO sightings set off a panic and fascination for thousands around the country. Unfortunately for poor Steve Medlin, he received the brunt uh, of sympathy for living nearby, a rancher along extraterrestrial highway he received tons of mail asking about area 51 he grew so tired of it he made the black mailbox a mailbox with his name and the name aliens for all the mail to extraterrestrials sadly in 2015 the mailbox was taken down so he made a separate mailbox all right if this is about aliens put it in that box how do you know unless you open it um is it like to rancher guy and aliens. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway. Uh, maybe he just put, maybe he put them in there. Maybe he'd stand to the thing and just shove the crap in the alien box. Oh, just leave it there. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Did the aliens ever pick up their mail? <laughs> the sun aliens? <laughs> the solar aliens that we learned about yesterday. Uh, New Hampshire. On Route 103 in Newberry, New Hampshire, a large boulder is painted in red, white, red and white with the message, Chicken Farmer, I still love you. Some believe the rock first was painted as early as the 1970s by a boy trying to send a message to a local girl on a chicken farm. It remained unchanged for decades. When it got worn down, locals would paint it and make sure it remained intact. However, in 2001, someone complained about graffiti and the city had it painted over. What? Sure enough, someone repainted it back in the rock and locals have petitioned to keep it there. That's cute. Chicken farmer, I still love you. I would assume that would be a girl to a boy. Sounds like it. A boy to a girl. Maybe they'd analyze the handwriting. On the rock? On the rock. By the way, this paint is being used. (laughs) I don't think people in New Hampshire uh, have southern accents, so I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> a yeah. southern accent. New Hampshire is up there in the rich part of the... Yeah. You know. Indubitably, chicken farmer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I still have romantic feelings for you. <laughs> no. New Jersey, last one. The New Jersey Pest Management Association holds a cockroach derby every presidential election to see which candidate will win. Cartoon pictures are placed on top of each cockroach's back, and they race. Of course, in 2016, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump raced in the derby. Clinton won. But not in the election. But not in the popular cockroach vote. (laughs) (laughs) No, she did. No, wait. She won the popular vote. She won the popular vote, but not the the electoral electoral college. All right. Mm -hmm. My joke died. Yeah, it did. <sighs> Clinton won. You could have said, like the elec- like the popular vote, but not the electoral college. <laughs> uh, one more piece of news before we go to break. Even though he's 9,000 miles away, a 30-year-old popcorn seller has become the people's prime minister of Australia. Peter Dutton started receiving nasty messages on his Twitter feed in Austin earlier this year, and he couldn't figure out why people were so angry with him. He created the Soul Food Gourmet Popcorn brand, which people love, but he also shares the same name as the ultra-conservative politician who just lost the race for prime minister in Australia. Mm. When Aussies on Twitter caught wind of his polite and good-natured reactions to the mistaken identity, they immediately showered his social media account with love and his popcorn business with a flood of support. They collectively nominated the popcorn maker as the People's Prime Minister of Australia. 
a GoFundMe page allowed his 6,000 new Twitter followers to donate money for the plane tickets. And now Peter and his wife are packing up loads of popcorn to share down under. That is so nice. The People's Prime Minister of Australia, like the People's People's Champ, The Rock, who even when he wasn't the champion, he was the People's Champion. Yeah, he was. So even though he's not the Prime Minister, he's the People's Prime Minister. I feel like we're going to go WWE here for a second, but... Um, Roman Reigns tried to do that, like, I am the uncrowned universal champion. It's like, yeah, that worked for The Rock, but people hate you, so... And that doesn't roll off the tongue really well. No. Speaking of WWE, I'm sorry if you're not a WWE fan, but we'll be brief. I'm not. I've developed a theory about Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, if you don't know, is... They're... Behind the scenes are trying to push him to be the new face of the company, the new big popular guy like John Cena or The Rock before him. Um, And it's just not taken, and it hasn't taken for several years, and they just keep pushing him. And so they've started calling him the big dog about a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And my theory is that they call him that, so whenever people are going, boo, when he walks out, they can say, no, they're saying woof, because he's the big dog. Woof! <laughs> yeah. That's my theory. That's... Because they love him. No, they, they don't. They love Roman Reigns. They have to, like, blur out or mute out all they of the boos. They do mute out the boos. There are just so many boos. <laughs> he won. Remember when he won the Royal Rumble that first time and they had to bring out The Rock to try and get more support yeah, to celebrate? Still, and they still, still they were booing The Rock. They were yeah. booing The Rock and Roman Reigns. If they make like, him... No! The main event at WrestleMania one more time, which they are. It better not be Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'm right? gonna lose. Then it. I'll, I will. I'm not gonna watch. I'm just forget it. Annual tradition down the tube. Now you can come, just leave. Just before leave before that one. Yeah. You're like, cool. That was my main event. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my main event. <laughs> Hashtag not my main event. All right, WWE talk over. <laughs> it's uh indie music Tuesday. We got more of that independent Christian music for you. Hey, since we're talking WWE. Let's do one from uh, Josiah Williams during this break. Yeah, uh, he's he's a check out at Wrestle and Flow on Instagram or Wrestle and Flow on uh, YouTube, where he does. He's a Christian rapper, but he loves uh, wrestling, and he's doing rap songs. Shout out to all these different theme music, and they are so they're, they're good. Amazing. Yeah, so good. So anyway, we're gonna play some of that. Maybe not next, but during this break, uh, we'll get some Josiah Williams in there. Uh, when we come back, the final set of phrases that you are definitely saying wrong. Stick around. Welcome back. It is the final segment of our show uh and uh, as we round out the hour we're gonna do the last four phrases that you might be saying wrong i'm a little nervous so let's see you did pretty well uh yesterday i did i got but a couple of them wrong yeah and we did eight yesterday so how many are there today four okay i said that already well i wasn't listening to you <laughs> all right is it try and or try to Like, I'm going to try and do this, or am I going to try to do this? Let's try to. I'm going to try to accomplish this task, or I'm going to try to 
get this homework done. If you say in everyday conversation that you're going to try and do something, the world will not end and even the most stringent grammar police will likely let the phrase slide, but it's try to. It's so common that people even or don't even think twice about using the two phrases, but since we're going to try to set the record straight about the technical proper phrases, it should be noted that try to is grammatically correct. When you try to do something, you're attempting to move towards some stated goal. When you try and do something, you're trying and then doing something else. You Mm -hmm. can try and fail if you attempt to reach for something and fall short. Or you can try to fail if you purposely want to not reach your stated goal. (laughs) But do you fail if you try to fail? That Uh, is a success, is it not? If I'm trying to fail. And you fail. Wow. Ooh. Paradox. That's how you destroy our robot overlords. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Is it beck and call? Yes. Or beck and call. Beck and call. Correct. If you have a friend named Beckon and they dial you up, you can happily say you're going to take this Beckon call, knowing <laughs> you are completely grammatically correct. But if you want to say that you're actively listening for an outside demand or request so that you can fulfill it quickly, you want to say that you were at someone's Beck and call. All right. Is it home in? Or hone in. I'm going to hone in on this conversation. It is hone, hone, H-O-N-E, space, I-N, hone in. Correct? Yes. Like many of these examples, both of these are correct in their own way. Mm -mm. But knowing the difference between the two extremely similar sounding phrases will help you make sure that you're always nailing the proper meaning. When you hone in on something, you're focusing in, theoretically becoming distinctly better at it like a skill or trade. But when you home in on something, you're moving towards a larger goal or target. It's easy to remember if you think that when it comes from a specific goal, uh, you're homing in. Uh When uh, you want to home in on your goal of becoming more musical, you'll want to hone in on your piano playing. So Mm -hmm. technically they're both right. Just yeah. for different things. But I was more right. <laughs> you really... I am never wrong. And even when I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm not. All right, last one. Okay. Is it case in point or case and point? Case in point. Correct. Likely derived from shortening the similar phrase in a point of fact. Case in point means you're specifically focused on and calling out a matter at hand as an example to forward your argument. Using and to connect two words typically denotes that there are separate actions or ideas involved. So while it's not wrong to say case and point, it may sound like you're casing a place as if to size it up for a robbery and pointing at specific elements to steal. Which is, uh, you know, I mean, as long as it's not my house. Sure. Just uh, kidding. For that guy that lived in the woods for a couple decades. <laughs> Just stealing things. All right. Bible verse and thought for the day as we head on out. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I'm not highlighted. You're not highlighted? Nope. Uh, And thought for the day. I'll do it. Read it. it. (laughs) Greg Laurie says, how can we know the will of God? We'll find it in the word of God. Or we find it in the word of God. The more we read the Bible, the more we'll understand it. The more we'll discover what the will of God is. 
Thank you for joining us this morning. We're every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together into a podcast for you over on backrowradio.com. And you'll read this part, even though I didn't highlight it either. (coughs) (laughs) And remember, September is National Recovery Month, and we are giving away a prize pack of awesomeness on September 27th to one random follower who shares our giveaway post on Facebook or retweets our giveaway message on Twitter. And of course, that is also on Instagram. You can find us at Back Row Radio and find the post there and reshare it on your own account. Just make sure you tag us at Back Row Radio so we know that we will see it and count your entry. Hillary, what's the final word? Final word is this. If you're going to not like Nike anymore, donate your shoes. There's always somebody who needs a pair of shoes. And two, just love people. That's That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.